Put the beer, Josh, down. It's going to make you more tired. It might. <laughs> it just might. We're, we're going to be sitting here talking. All of a sudden, you're here. Hey, man. I might, because I did that earlier. <laughs> we got to make it riveting tonight. Who's who's our host? Unfortunately, I am. Oh, well, that doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> are y'all wearing it ready for a uh well i was gonna say ear pounding but that doesn't make any sense <laughs> whoa <pounding>. whoa <laughs> save it for the only fans <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh i'm not used to the headphones cable y'all it's like touching everything and i can hear it rubbing inside my headphones <laughs> I'd love to get me some wireless headphones. That'd be great. Yeah, Chloe's got mine that I've been wearing when we do this. Just go in there, punch her, and take them. Well, bam! Give me my goddamn headphones. <laughs> we talk about abusing kids a lot. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. I think we always have. Not abused kids, but talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> For the longest time dealing with like Ben, it was like, I'll get, get the shovel. Yeah. Oh, he fell down. Somebody get the shovel. <laughs> Shane's over there like, I don't talk like this about kids. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm still watching raccoon videos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little distracted. <laughs> and we have no idea. Where the food went to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got to switch tabs or I'll do that all night. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's very, for some reason it's very like, cause I sat there for like a good 15, 20 minutes watching the raccoon eat the food. Right. So I don't know what it is. It's just like, I I know it's just eating food, but maybe. Maybe we should ditch paranormal and just film wildlife, put up videos of <laughs> animals eating. <laughs> Turn the podcast over to the animal life of JST. <laughs> or the animal minds of JST. So did you know cheetahs are the fastest land mammal? I saw a video earlier of like a fat ass cheetah. Like it was in <laughs> captivity. And I mean it was like it was like Winnie the Pooh. Laying on the ground, oh like all jiggly. I'm like, dude, y'all are feeding him way too much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, he looked happy. But <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure, you know. <laughs> don't have to run. I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to run. I don't like running. Plus, I look goofy when I run. We all know that. It's on video. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, did you did were, you were filming when we went to check all that stuff in the middle of the night that night, weren't you? Mm-hmm. The big the big noise in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was like, uh, we <laughs> we going back over here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate I missed that, but I was like, I'm tired. I'm gonna go lay down in the tent. Yeah, right at like. 7.45 p.m. It, it was like <laughs> 12 or 1 o'clock. No. 
sun, the sun was just set <laughs> five hours prior. <laughs> well, you you know I get scared of the dark, so I went in my right. tent. <laughs> he was in there by only the firelight. Anyways, you guys ready to start this thing? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Paranormal Minds of JST. I am joined, as always, tonight by my two friends, Shane. You're pounding. And Tommy. Hello, what did he just say? I, I'm fairly sure he said ear pounding. I was about to say, that's... Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> At least it was words this time and not a series of Neanderthal grunts. <laughs> I'm expanding my vocabulary. <laughs> All right. Like I said in our little uh, jibber-jabber in the beginning of this, which I don't know if I'll leave it in there or not, but I don't know how paranormal this is going to be. I really enjoyed listening to this topic and figuring things out about it. Um but tonight, I'm going to talk about the Voynich Manuscript. This is also known as the Beinecke MS-408. This is a medieval manuscript that consists of roughly 272 pages. Currently, there are only about 240 of those pages left. It consists of 170,000 characters, and the book is sectioned into five or six different parts. The, the first part of the book is more of a, like, botanical-style book. There are pictures of various plants that seem to be very alien-esque. But around these plants is this text that we can't seem to read or decipher. The images that are drawn in this book are very crude, like a, a kid drew them and painted them in this book. The second section is like an astronomical section where it shows zodiac. It shows um, different circular diagrams that really suggest the astrology and astronomy, um, I guess, of the times. I don't know how much has changed over the years. But this section depicts about 30 female figures that are, I want to say, seemingly pregnant, maybe. They kind of look pregnant to me personally. Um, but almost all of them are at least partially nude and uh, appear to be holding what are stars with some kind of tether attached to them. So in medieval times, astrology and astronomy are hand-in-hand -hand with pharmaceuticals. 
like you didn't want to take medicine for like a headache at a certain time of the year. You didn't want to bloodlet at another time of the year. At this point, it's starting to look like that this book is more of a like maybe medicinal um, pharmaceutical book, maybe. So with that, the next section is about hygiene or seems to be about hygiene. Now, it's full of small women figures that are bathing in this like green water or some kind of green, you know, something. And it all the water seems to be controlled by these different odd-looking machines that the women themselves are controlling. Some of them I mean look like water slides or like they're having fun. It's kind of, you know, one of those things. But again, in medieval times, there's a lot of books that are written about bathing routines. So the next section after the, the bathing routine is yet another botanical section, except in this section, it, it has several fold-outs. And, and this, this book is made of parchment, and y'all know parchment is like cattle skin. So it has several fold-outs. One fold-out is six pages big, and it again, um, no, this is not, not botanical side, I'm sorry, the cosmological side. And it shows a map with a diagram of nine islands connected by causeways and castles. There also appears to be a volcano in this section. So like I said, that's cosmological, it's not botanical. I misspoke earlier. Next section is the pharmaceutical looking plants and botanical side of it again. But these plants are, are more well drawn. They're painted better, they look better, they have their root system. They yet again don't really resemble anything that we know about. Um, I think one looks like a lily pad, but there's not much to go on. So the final section of the book, there are no pictures, except for stars running down the left sides of the pages. They seem to think that this is recipes. Again, they don't we don't know what the words are in this book. Nobody's deciphered it in 600 years. And we've deciphered a lot of things. I mean, Egyptian hieroglyphs, you know, even, you know, if they can figure out the base language, they can usually figure out the, the text, right? There's only one section of this book that shows any resemblance to any text that we know of. And it's a month labeled out in the astrological side that resemble a cousin to French it's called Akatan. And it's just April, May, August, October, uh, October, and November, I think, are the only ones that they could really get the wording out of. Anyways, that's the book. The book is a, just a few sections, like I said. And the recipes, they I don't know why they call them recipes, I guess, because they seem to think that this book is a medical book or like an apothecary's book or something, you know. Um, they seem to think that the pictures weren't drawn by, obviously not by an illustrator, but by more like a scientist. Somebody that would just jot something down and be like, oh, okay, this is kind of what this is. So to give you the timeline of this, it's believed that this book was written uh -oh, between um, 1404 and 1438. We carbon dated the book in 2009 to get those numbers. So for 150 to 200 years, nobody sees this book. It gets into the hands of Rudolf II, and he has a personal doctor named Jacobi Tempenance. And they think that the reason Jacobi had the book was just because he was... Um, really interested in the botanical side of things. I think he was over uh, Rudolph's botanical gardens as well. Shortly after that, around the 1700s, it winds up in the Collegio Romano, which is a school in Italy. And it stays there for 250 years until it's bought by Wilfred Voynich. Now, Wilfred Voynich was a avid book collector. And 
He acquired it in 1912, I think in the 1960s. It wound up in the hands of, of course, this is after he passed, in the hands of uh, Hans Krauss. And Hans Krauss wound up just donating it because he couldn't sell it. He donated it to the Yale Library, which is where it sits now and where it gets the name Beinecke MS-408. So the reason it has the name Voynich, I think he was the one that was really like, hey, here's this book. We need you know, to figure it out. A lot of people seem to think that Voynich created this book because he was such an avid book collector. But my thoughts are, you know how expensive it would have been to create a parchment book of up to 300 pages, 272 pages in the early 1500s? It would have been ridiculously expensive. So it's not going to sit around and be blank for 500 years. And some guy's like, oh, you know what? I can paint this on here and do this and do that. We know the book is 600 years old. Carbon dating proved that. The paints were also period correct. Voynich, actually, when he bought the book, got a letter that was like, hey, this belonged to Rudolph II, blah, 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 blah. That's how we got Rudolph II. And if you look inside the cover, that's how we got Jacoby to, uh, Tepinance. His name is actually etched into the book, but you can only see it under like certain spectras of light. The plants in this book are, in my opinion, unworldly. They don't they don't seem to be anything of this world. They don't look like anything. Now, I know that in the last 250 years, we have lost to extinction 600 plants. So I'm not sure if maybe those plants were part of that, but I would think that uh, herbalists or, you know, uh, the people that documented these kind of things, that they would be in those styles of books, you know, in detailed picture. The text that's in the book is seemingly a real language. You can find patterns in it just like you can in English, where the most spoken word, let's say the, is spoken for 10%, right, of our language. The next spoken word would be half of that. Is five percent, so it kind of follows the same rules as any language. It, it has, like I said, it has twenty-two letters. It reads from left to right. People seem to think it's a, a cipher, or like a linguist was trying to create a universal type language. Who created Lord of the Rings? Tolkien. Tolkien. So he's a linguist, and he created his own language for the elves in his books. I think. Yeah, for the elves and um, I want to say the um, the orcs, I think they would have their own language, but mostly it was the elves. Yeah, so he was an avid linguist, so he understood the ins and outs of how language is supposed to be spoken. And that's what they really think this is. It's like somebody was trying to create more of a universal language because that was really big then too. But another crazy thing about it is not only is it written in one language, it's written in two, and we still cannot decipher this language. Out of everything, 272 pages of written language, there is not a single mistake, not a single mistake on any page. And that is solely unheard of. When this was a document written with quill and iron gall ink. So, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Voynich Manuscript. In a very nutshell, I could talk for two and a half hours on this this freaking topic. There's so much to talk about. But that's the gist of it. And I thought it was a very interesting thing, a, a very interesting book. So I want to get your guys' take on this manuscript. Get me a, a copy of it, and I'll decode it in five minutes. 
Wow. <laughs> so there was a man that decoded a, a cipher from World War II. He spent 40 years on it. Oh, man. <laughs> Good luck, Shane. Good luck. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Wouldn't it be crazy if it was like, it kind of brings to mind like a book or a movie. Like nobody can decipher it. And then somehow some random person just looks at it online. It's like, oh, this is what it says. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and can read it. What was that movie with the autistic kid that could read super codes in the Mercury Rising? Yeah. That was yeah, with movie. Bruce Willis. Yeah, that was yeah. a good movie. <laughs> Here we go, talking about movies. <laughs> hey, you brought it up, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, just like the the mystery and everything surrounding it. Yeah. And all that. And like, it just it has like that feel like somebody's going to pop up and read it and be like, oh, this is what it means. Yeah. But didn't they also run that through an AI program to decipher it? Uh, yeah, some guys did. They got a, they did get a line of text, but the line of text didn't make much sense. They translated it into a rough version of Hebrew, and neither one of the people that was translating it knew how to read Hebrew, so they put it in Google Translate. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, and the sentence didn't make any sense. Probably not. I mean, good gosh, Google Translate. Yeah, the uh, the lettering in this thing though is like it's twenty two letters. Um. And and there are repeating patterns like, um, like when we say like liquid or queen or uh, whatever, anything with a Q and a U, it's always followed by a U. Well, apparently there's sections of this language that's the same thing. It's like you see one letter, it's always followed by another one. This one specific letter, and uh, they always end with a certain. Uh, most of them end with a certain letter or symbol, I guess is what you'd call it. I don't know how long it took Tolkien to like write the Elvish language. Uh, I do know he used a form of Slavic Russian. Finnish. I think. Yeah, Finnish. Yeah, and, well, there was Finnish. also like a Slavic Russian and a few other Norse was it? things. Yeah, there were several like up in that area mixed together. I don't know how long it took him, but he was... Like he he went to college to learn linguistics and stuff like that was his passion. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like aliens. That was my actual first thought. Like reading, I was like, this seems very like alien esque. Like there's no. And and the and the biggest thing was like there's no there's no screw ups in this text whatsoever of what we have left of it of course the two hundred and forty pages but yeah that's what was aiming me towards the alien side of things like and those weird plants that were in there of course that could be thrown at like somebody describes something to you it's not the same as seeing it and that very much could be the same thing. What's happened in this book? I I think they kind of did a study about that, like where they would have somebody and you had to describe like an elephant and they had to draw it out and it looked completely different. Yeah. Then, you know, and, and they didn't know that they were drawing an elephant. You just described it. So. Shane, you look concerned. Are you watching raccoons what? again? <laughs> no, just... <laughs> 
Connect, connecting some dots. So I, I agree with the the alien sentiment. Um, you said the AI loosely translated this into some form of Hebrew, uh, which there's only five languages in the world that are older than Hebrew. So it's been around for a while. And we've talked about aliens coming and, you know, helping start civilization. So I, I could get that. Like they, they pull up somebody and do something to their head so they can understand them talk. And it's like, hey, take this down. Do these practices, look for these plants, do all this. And since the person is made to understand them from whatever alien technology they have, he wrote in a hybrid form. So like a mixture of Hebrew and the alien language, and that's why no one can decode it. Are there pictures of the text? Oh, yeah, there's a whole PDF of the entire book. You should be able to Google it. Voyage. Um, so it's funny you say that, Shane. Um, some of the letters resemble early Latin. Hmm. They're lowercase-looking letters, and they, they resemble early Latin. I don't know if that's older than Hebrew, but um, I know it's pretty damn old language. Yeah, it's definitely in that top ten yeah. for sure. I see the women all dancing in a right. looks like a bathhouse. Yeah, and, and and what is that one woman doing to the other woman? <laughs> if you'll notice that the machines that are around the bathhouse style things, they look like they're controlled by the women. Um, and it also looks like the plumbing kind of goes from page to page in a weird way. Definitely a lot of symbolism around women. Yeah. It, um. They believed at one point that a man named Roger Bacon was the creator of this book. However, Roger Bacon was um, an urbanist and and some and, and all this that and the other. He was a very smart man, but he lived an entire century earlier than this book was written. So unless he rent he he wrote the book when he was a hundred freaking years old, I just don't see it happening. You know. What's weird is it has a familiar, like, flow to it. Yeah, like it, it almost feels like you could read it. Yeah, it looks like languages you see, but then when you start digging into them, there's a, a significant difference. Yeah, like like this over here kind of looks like follow but that looks more like a q or a so the, yeah probably a q and t so gato yeah so the crazy thing about Watho. those funky looking letters the tall ones with the loops in them mm-hmm. they call them gallo letters for they because they resemble a hangman's gallo mm-hmm. and i was like i looked at them for a while I'm like, i guess i could see that yeah but the women, the little women that are in the that are depicted, right? Do they not look like pregnant esque? Why? Okay. And it could just be me reading this wrong, but I swear, like what I'm looking at, I swear I think it says sex offering. <laughs> it might. So, like maybe those like eights are actually s's. I don't know. <laughs> sex. That's what it looks like. It looks like sex offering, and it was women messing with the. Two big, I don't know what you want to call them, plant bulb things. Yeah. It was another thing. Maybe those were like early showers or something, and they were just like depicted weird. But 
the pregnant S thing you mentioned, Josh. So I, I had to look up pictures of them. I can see that. I think that that further drives home the alien deal because that's kind of how they would see the female of our species, right? Right. Childbearers. Yeah. Uh, and if you look back at any kind of bathing um, books of the medieval times, you'll notice that all the water is blue. It's always blue. It's not blue in the Voynich Manuscript. It's green. What if it has something to do with, like, swamp or something like that? Maybe. You know, I mean, obviously, though, you can tell that's a bathhouse with the machines and everything. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me, too. I don't understand why the water would be green in the bathhouse unless, you know, they just like green water in bathhouses and where that guy was at. And he was like, oh, maybe it's to pick dirtiness. You know, where we see green as sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or what if maybe it's a, like herbalist, like there's a, you know, because it follows the uh, the plant section um, and cosmological section. It. I wonder if maybe it was like, uh, oh, if you'll infuse your waters with these plants, you know, it'll it may turn the water green. But it might give you everlasting life. Right. Oh, man. How wild would that be? This is the recipe on immortality. <laughs> we can't read it. That's a reason why we can't read it. <laughs> the only person who can decipher it is the Count of St. Germain. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. It's it's a beautiful language. And yeah. It's it's so wild that I think both of you said it, it looks familiar. Yeah. It does. But not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's messing with my head, man. <laughs> It really is. Like, I just want to keep looking at it. It's weird. Like, they did say, it's uh, funny you say it's beautiful. They did say it kind of reminds them of a romance language. And given the area it come from, it very well could be. See, I get, I don't know if it's these words right here, but like, they very well resim- resemble like an S O X, like socks, like socks. I, but I mean, I don't know if that's an X. Yeah, or if that's and you got to think too. It's not English, so it wouldn't be the same regardless. Because there are there are words that there are some languages that use giant words. There are languages that use nothing but consonants and not very many vowels. You know, it's like oh yeah, it's it's a lot I mean, different. I'm sure you guys have done this, especially back in school. You just like draw random weird shit like on your papers when you're bored yeah mm. weird symbols that don't exist or what if this is just some like teenage girl's diary and <laughs> she's just talking shit about the townspeople and drawing weird random pictures Look at all these bitches <laughs> in this bath <laughs> i was gonna say it's some dude's D like game <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean that, that could be a possibility maybe it is somebody like developing their own language yeah. And it's just years and years of work, and this is what's left of it, and it never right. just took off. People have done that, yeah, with, with the diaries. Like, even my daughter had this, like, decoding ring thing yeah. with a made-up language to write in, and, you know, that's that's something common, and I have no idea what it says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? In, in school, like, there were kids that had taken the alphabet and would switch letters around, kind of like, oh, well, I don't know if you played Final Fantasy X. Have you, Shane? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I, I know Josh has. Yeah. You know, in, in the Albed in there, their language is essentially like 
S is O and T is Y or something like that. So they would speak a language until you found the deciphers and then it would start to make sense. Yeah. So it's funny. We went to high school with a, a friend. He's an old friend of mine. Um, created his own language when we were in high school or his own alphabet when we were in high school. And we used to go around and like write different things in his little alphabet. And it was just a series of dots and lines. Huh. So it, right. it was pretty neat. Oh, yeah. If you think about it, Morse code's about the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a way of communicating through wire. Yeah. I don't know. Because I, I know I've heard different rumors with this thing from aliens to different type of religious priests, uh, lost civilization. Yeah. Angels to demons wrote it. But I'm torn between it's aliens or it's just somebody making their own language. Yeah. Yeah, and we know for sure there's not gibberish because, like I said, it, it follows all rules of language. Um, but mm. the thing that I keeps pushing me back, I just spit all over my microphone. The thing that push, <laughs> the thing that keeps pushing me back about aliens is just like, how do you write 272 pages and not make one mistake with a quill, with parchment paper? Now, with if you were doing it on something cheaper, you know maybe I could understand. I tear that out. We'll start over. But you're not doing that with parchment. Not in the 15th century, the early 15th century. Do you, do you think a type of possession could be? Now, uh, the reason I bring that up is like, <clears throat> and I'm not talking about like demon possession or angelic possession or anything like that, or even divine, but like some type of possession. And what we're actually seeing could be otherworldly writings. So they didn't make them understand. They took over their body to write a book. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just write it? Well, because they needed they needed the the vessel. So, like alien ghost? Well, sure, why not? That'd be cool. Why have we never talked about alien ghost before? <laughs> I, I think we did talk about alien oh, ghost. Oh, the Marfa, the Marfa lights. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. Dude, I've, is Roswell haunted by ghost aliens? I don't know. Might never talked about ghost aliens on the deep level, but no. I mean, they should be able to be ghosts. But anyway, <laughs> kind of jumping a little bit. I know we were confused about the green water, yeah. right? And it's like maybe this is all a formula to get that green water, and that's where the effects are. Yeah, I found one page that uh, the water is blue. Oh, really? I never looked at the full PDF. I just Kind of skimmed it. It looks like, uh, let me just share it with you. It looks like the top of the device we were seeing with, like, resembled the bathhouses. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw this picture. Okay. Yeah. Right. And it seems like there's something going on and then pushing the blue water down from whatever's going on with these tunnels, right? Yeah. You know what's weird, too? We're talking about possession. I don't know about ghost aliens, but look at this down in the bottom corner. There's three words repeated. Oh, yeah, sure is. Which you you usually see in, like, spell work and things like that. Yeah. Mm. So what if this is this is some sort of spell book with instructions? I, I mean, oh, wait, go. Oh, man. I was going <laughs> to say something. And you took the picture away. Because I noticed something in that picture. The lady on the right, it looks like she has a tail. Lady on the right. 
I don't see a tail. Oh, it's right her there. hair. Her hair hanging down in the back. Is that or her veil? Oh, right here. Yeah, right, right now. No, no, oh. no. Like right there, kind of like going. It's hard to do it because I can't point at it. Go up with your mouse over, over, over that thing. Right, that long, like little spiky looking thing that's supposed to look like water, but it kind of looks like a tail. Oh, right here. Yeah. No, yeah, I think, I think that's a, part of yeah. the design of that. I was talking about up, up. Oh, oh, over in front of her belly button <laughs> yeah uh, it's still part of the the same design well i feel like i'm caressing this drawing with my mouth <laughs> yes he is <laughs> you're like go up go up go down go to- <laughs> <laughs> all right you know i didn't know i didn't think about this until just now are all of the ladies in this book are they wearing headpieces it looks oh, like it yeah. that is what that looks like yeah yeah, yeah. Like shower caps almost. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the bathing habits of medieval women uh, or of medieval people in general. So right. maybe they had shower caps. Hmm. Or their brain control devices that the book teaches you how to make to make your immortal woman juicing machine. Hey, that sounded very weird (laughs) immortal woman juicing (laughs) that's that's what all this looks like to me it is a elaborate juicer (laughs) (laughs) just squeezing the women out and yeah and mixing with water and you get green water and then you add in the plants and there's your i I really feel if you juiced a woman that water wasn't isn't going to be green unless it's an alien we don't know what color the blood is. No, nah, only pregnant women when you juice them are green. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the spell work, the incantations in here comes in. Yeah. It makes it it's more palatable to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Told you, five minutes. So. <laughs> he figured it out, ladies and gentlemen. He, <laughs> he figured it out. I mean, it would make sense. Maybe it's a spell book that was written by people who created a language for a certain like cult. Yeah. I'm officially scrolling all the way through this this manuscript. I didn't scroll all the way through it before. All right. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I'll be I already Googled and you can buy a hard copy of it. I think I'm gonna do that. You know, it's it, it, what's crazy, we're not code breakers by any means, I or at least I'm not. But how wild would it be somebody that just was like, uh, you know, I figured it out, guys. Just <laughs> That would be weird. And wouldn't it be weird if it was something like we think it's this deep meaning book about how to make potions and eternal life and all this stuff. And it's just like, Kara goes to the bathhouse. She bathes with her friends. Right. (laughs) It's like a kid's book. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was a kid's book. I mean, that's a long ass kid's book. Yeah. I I mean, though, it's medieval times. I mean, what else you got? There ain't no TV. (laughs) <laughs> Sit down, little Johnny, and read this 300-page book <laughs> in a language that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. Like, like, what if it was a language that was actually spoken, and then, like, that entire group of people were just like, oh, so, I don't know, spirited away or something. I don't know. <laughs> Aliens were like, yeah, these are good folks. Let's get them. Well, I mean, well, we have dead languages uh, even today now granted a lot of them people can still speak like yeah latin is considered like a dead language 
uh, Gaelic is a semi-dead language in a way because more people speak English than they do Gaelic. But you still have places that still have like signs in Gaelic and people do speak it fluently. So with yeah. Latin, it's more of a learned art, you know. All right. <clears throat> so, so I mean, who's to say it's not a dead language? And someone just happened to found the book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at this and just looking at the, the handwriting itself. It is very robotic. It's not perfect by any means. But some of these lines are too straight. I'm like, how? How did you draw that so straight? I mean, I don't know. I have to look at other manuscripts and stuff. Yeah, you know, thinking about it too, it, I think writing was a a form of art too then more than it is now. Now we're just like, like I could show you my notebook. It looks like somebody shit on the page. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know around medieval times, a lot of people that could write were either nobility or they were like priests and yeah. scholars. So like a peasant didn't know how to read. Right. Write. A lot of learned people were the ones that knew. Mm-hmm. knew how to do. And I, I think that's where we get the idea of higher education and um, stuff like that. But I lost my train of thought because I was trying to be smarter than what I really am. Uh, what does that show? It's like these are the victims and their crime or the crimes and their. Oh, victims. SVU. Yeah, that, for yeah. some reason that was the first thing that popped into my head when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what I was trying to get at was I, in the early ninth and tenth century. So you're looking about eight hundred, nine hundred. Uh, AD priests would sit there and they would copy the Bible, uh, page by page, and they would use like gold and essentially they were drawing the Bible in a way. Yeah. So they would write chapters and then they would, you know, draw things that went along with the book or that chapter. And you're talking about a monk could spend years of his life just doing one Bible. Yeah. Now that you say that, wasn't there a book written by a monk in one night? He had to write this entire book. Do y'all remember that story? I think it was a monk. It was somebody. Yeah, it was like he had one night to write this book. It may be a tall tale or whatever, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it up. But anyways, it was it, something similar. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a saint. Yeah. He had to write the Bible all in one night. This was, I think this was a demonic thing, but, uh, but I may be wrong. And like the book was like intricate like that, where you're talking like gold inlays and, and red ink and, and stuff like that, but I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. Here's a little fun fact for you. Just because we're talking about like gold inlays and red ink and stuff. Did you know anybody who wore purple was automatic? Like they were rich because purple was the hardest color to make. Yeah. Because you had to find a certain snail and smash it. Yes. I just wanted to throw that out there. Be teaching these folks things they didn't know. Um, you really couldn't get purple until about like, I think it was like the 1700s. Nice. Chains over are laughing like, this fool. <laughs> hey, you, you notice I'm being nice today, right? <laughs> I know. It's not even my birthday. <laughs> That's because he watched those raccoon videos. He's all like, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret to Shane's mood. Raccoon oh, videos. <laughs> Damn. I think you might be right. <laughs> 
Did it go through your head like after, like while you're watching? Like, man, I feel good watching this. Like, it's... I mean, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Cute little creature in there, just nibbling away. <laughs> he, he was even like, like you just see his hands go like. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I was going down a rabbit hole, hole over here. Uh, you guys remember when we talked about Basacha? Mm-hmm. 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 So remember they had their own language that hasn't been deciphered either. Oh yeah. So I was trying to research samples of it, and that's that's really hard to find. It's just it's patchy. But tell me if you guys think these look similar at all. Uh, I'm just building the anticipation. <laughs> there we go. So this smaller window to the left. Is the Pisachi language like it's it's not similar, but it has its similarities. Yeah, I could say, right. especially to the uh, Gallows letters. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's almost like the line for the I can't pronounce it Pisachi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you know how your notebook has the lines you're supposed to do for like the G goes under the mm-hmm. line and all that stuff as you were taught in first grade. It's almost right. reversed. Like you write under the line. I think that that is just that one specific example. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the examples I find of that are really hard to read. It's all crammed together. But yeah, they they do kind of have that that similar, yeah, the same flair to it. Yeah. What if they're the same beans and they just learn like a different style? Because how how we develop through English and my wife is going to beat me when she hears this because I'm going to butcher she I could bring her in here and she would love to tell you two hours about the English language <laughs> and how it's a layer of cake um, but we know like Odin right well you had the Saxon version of it which was Woden which had a W and eventually you know came over it just blended together Odin you had Guten Morgen was good morning so eventually we just remove letters, switch things around. The reason I'm going to show you something and I want y'all, uh, better not be a naked butt pick of you, Tommy. It's, it's, it's not going to go blind. It's so bright. <laughs> Look at that word. No, oh. that word is supposed to really be a K. It's Canute. What's a Canute? It's, it's the dude's name. His name's King Canute. So, but also, you know, we have different ways of changing things. Like technically, this is a blouse, but we call it a shirt. Yeah. Because it's English version, which is considered like the poor version and stuff like that. So certain things kind of blended, mixed, and all that together. And we changed letters and stuff. What I'm getting at is maybe they came from like India over here and they swapped words around. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So long story long. <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. Maybe okay, so the Pasacha are actually aliens and we're all part of a big game of chess, right? Yeah. So they they were given instructions. No, 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 no. They came down here, gave us the instructions as like, let's see if you can follow these instructions and become immortal like we do. And we're gonna live in the shadows and watch you. And they're just laughing at us that the book that will solve all of our problems is in a box in a college. Yeah, <laughs> 600 years old and nobody's figured out what it says. Well, <laughs> right. 
Well, what if the key to it? Now, this is something, and I just thought of this. The Library of Alexandria. You, you've heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still there. But you know, during Caesar's reign with Cleopatra, all that stuff, he burnt yeah. ships, which caused the library to burn. And it is believed that so much of our knowledge was lost in that fire. What if somehow that book is tied to a book that was in the library of Alexandria? Like, in a way, it was passed down. How old? When did, uh, when did the library of Alexandria burn? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it burned during Cleopatra's reign. Googling. Library of Alexandria. I, I thought you were trying to hide oh, that no. you were Googling. I'm like, Tommy. No, I, I see that. I am totally Googling. Okay. <laughs> For once, Tommy has to Google something from ancient times. <laughs> we don't have to fact check him. He does it himself. <laughs> okay. Uh... It was accidentally burned by Julius Caesar during his civil war in four, uh, 48 BC. But it is unclear how much was actually destroyed, and it seems to have either survived or been rebuilt shortly thereafter. So, But it is believed that a, you know, a bunch of books were destroyed. So 1,800 years before this book was mm-hmm. written. Yeah. <sighs> I can't say that it's not a stretch, but in a weird way, maybe there was a language that we did know about and it was lost, you know, and then, you know, it kind of trickled down just like Latin, just like those other languages. Yeah, people still speak Latin, but, you know, not everybody speaks Latin and and only a select few do. It may have just been very much a lost language. Man, these plants are so crazy. Like this one has square roots. It's the square root of pi is what they're telling you. This page, there's a page here. Oh, man. What page is this? 66, according to this top right number here. Um, I'm curious about what these are. Listen, I know we're three quarters of the way through this episode, but you really, really need to subscribe to the Patreon. Entire screen. Allow this thing. Manuscript. Can y'all see that? No, because I'm on another page. Okay. So y'all see the words that are labeled down the side? I wonder what this is all about. And these symbols here. I bet you, looking at this, I wonder if this is the alphabet. What do you see here? One, two, three. Oh, there's more than 22 letters there, obviously. Yeah, but don't... Well, let's say, aren't there certain... Languages that have more than twenty six letters in their alphabet. Yeah, but it's it's thought to think that this has only got twenty two letters, um, yeah. with a random, a random symbol here and there that's thrown in there. Like, what the hell is this? It's like a fish. This looks like stacked rocks or something. What if it's what if it's using a both of like written in hieroglyphic style? Yeah. So we're over here trying to decipher this thing. Yeah. <laughs> And we can't, none of us can read a different language. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) You put it different. I can't even read the warning labels on the stuff I buy. Like, (laughs) 
So I was looking. Somebody actually thought, well, go ahead, Shane. I was just going to say, I was curious since you said it was found in, in Prague to go back to the, um, uh, the alien theory. And there, there is a lot, a lot of alien activity over there. So I don't know if that's connected at all. Uh, there's actually even a podcast called Aliens in Prague that I accidentally <laughs> found. <laughs> nice. So. But yeah, I mean, pages and pages. I mean, so I don't know if... Like even Blink-182 saw UFOs over there when they were on tour one oh, time. Wow. <laughs> that country, that side of the world is significantly older than obviously the Americas. So would that be why there's so many sightings in there on that side? And that's the same way I think about about like hauntings and stuff because um that side of the world is very it's been more populated than the Americas and most indigenous peoples usually were kind of like all right this is going to happen I'm at peace with what I had to be at peace with mm-hmm. and then they didn't have any reason to roam I wonder if that's why the aliens are like, yeah, we're going to watch you guys. <laughs> Maybe. Or what if it deals with because um, civilizations as being more dense in growth. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Why oh, they're okay. over there. Yeah. It would make sense. You know. Or maybe they wanted to eradicate everybody on that side. Yeah. I don't know. One lady actually believes that uh, Da Vinci wrote this manuscript when he was a kid. But I think Da Vinci uh, was still a hundred years out. When did you say it was written? Early 1400s. Between 1404 and 1438. I want to say Da Vinci was... Yeah, Da Vinci was born, uh, yeah, 1452. So, it, you know... Could it have sat around for 50 years? I guess, you know, I find it hard to believe that it sat around for 50 years. Also, I feel like this book was built one piece at a time because of the foldouts that's in the book. I mean, you think it, I, I kind of want to go back to it was somebody's life work. Like they want, like, like a D&D, like um, just think Tolkien, Yeah, you know, putting everything together. It could have been. Well, they obviously weren't any kind of illustrator, but they had some <laughs> hellaciously good handwriting. Mm. Do you do you think it will ever get deciphered? Not without a base language. I really don't even know how we know that it reads from left to right. It could read from right to left. Right. And it obviously doesn't read top to bottom or bottom to top like, you know, Japanese would or or uh, anything like that. Does Japanese read top to bottom? Uh, I think they read, well... I know it's left to right on their ma- like manga, but I think their wording is top to bottom. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it could be either way. I don't know. Well, gents, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts you want to give on it. Uh, if you think it's your butthole or aliens or human skin or and not calf skin like they they claim it to be. <laughs> oh, man, it's the Necronomicon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So I was scrolling through Facebook earlier, and this thing comes up, and it says the Necronomicon cookbook. Mm-hmm. And I was oh like, hmm, I need to I, see this. I, I have that, actually. Oh, do you? Yeah. What? Oh, what? Dude, What's it, in there? 
it's 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 really cool. Uh, actually, you want me to grab it real quick? I'll show you. Yes, yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> I was not expecting that. How to make Cthulhu in your crock pot? Yeah, right. <laughs> There's so much with this manuscript, like right. But who who'd you say donated it to Yale Library? Hans Crasser, um, Krauser, Crosser, something Hans. like that. Yeah, in uh, 1969. Is he part of the World Economic Forum? Is he the guy who made that? Because we could be on the conspiracy theory right now and say he knows what's in that book and he hid it away. That's his master plan to take over the world. Could be. It's kind of odd. He was trying to sell it and couldn't. He's like, ah, I'll just donate it. <laughs> I'm surprised he couldn't sell it. Something like that. I mean, not six hundred year old book. Yeah, and it like nobody's been able to decipher it. That'd be something yeah. anybody would probably want. Oh, that's cool. It's called the Necra Nom Nom Nom. <laughs> <laughs> but they are legitimate recipes. But they're all yeah. worded like you know H.P. Lovecraft stuff with the same kind of illustrations. Oh. Oh yeah, uh, that's so cool. I I've tried reading Lovecraft. I cannot read Lovecraft. I love them. Uh, like, let me just read you this. Okay, so the ingredients to this, uh, the grape old wands, the skins of sixteen of the wanton and willing, one fourth pound uncased sausage from the Mediterranean, one fourth pound slaughtered and pulverized cattle. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm buying it right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I should start a series. We cook shit out of it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, let's do it. It's a great YouTube channel. <laughs> Pulverize cattle. <laughs> <laughs> we all have to be dressed in like medieval stuff. No. <laughs> Wait, are you really ordering it right now? Right the second? No. <laughs> not right this second. He saw that price tag. He's like, ah, shit. Maybe I should wait. <laughs> no. I'm trying to find it. I'll find it later. Before I interrupt it, uh, we were going to do final thoughts, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry, I got excited. Off. I'm like, oh, I got it. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to have that, I swear. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's so cool. The Necronomicon cookbook. <laughs> I didn't realize that it said Necronomicon or moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool I want to get one yeah uh, that's cool yeah. well I guess you want to give final thoughts guys <laughs> alright great uh, tonight <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Shane to go I thought you go. <laughs> I'm still I'm still being nice I was letting you go first I'm gonna I'm gonna make it this entire episode and I haven't said one main thing ah, <laughs> he's frozen in place he was scared so much <laughs> all right okay so my final thought is i kind of want to i want to go with the the like it's a dead language that was passed down from generation to generation somebody took the time and wrote it out and that that was their life's work was to preserve their language preserve i can't talk save their language and uh, it just it's there it's still there but we just don't know what it is yeah it's a very big possibility too 
And it could be their culture and history too. Okay. So I'm going to go with, it, it is an instruction manual of sorts. I do think it is combined with some, like a spell book aspects from what it looked like. So it's not only mechanical instructions, but spiritual instructions. And based on that, you know, not, not even trying to be silly, I do think it came from aliens. Um, being that the language looks, has similarities to some of these really old languages that we've seen. And I firmly believe that aliens were around in our setup of civilization. I, I do, I think they came back, they put a device in someone's head and they're like, here, we're gonna explain this stuff. You take notes, draw pictures, you know, take all the time you need. Yeah. And that is probably why, like you pointed out, Josh, how perfect the handwriting was because the dude or woman was like, I am going to take my time. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm never gonna see this being again and I have to make sure this is right. Yeah. Now, oversight on the aliens is that their translation device in his brain made a scrambled language that he could never read again. Uh, so unfortunate oversight, but hopefully one day we will find some aliens and just ask them like, Hey, can you read this? Like, oh yeah, man, totally. Oh yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is how you make our giant woman juicing machine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Only pregnant women allowed. Right. You like smoothies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I think I'm on the fence with Shane. Uh, I do think it was very alien-esque. It's very, like, to for there to be no mistakes in the book, it's just weird. It's just weird. That's that's unheard of. Um, and, I, again, I go back to the drawings being as crude as they are. Somebody just, like, let me describe this to you, and you're no illustrator, so just jot it down, whatever. Um, I do think it's a medicinal book of how to um, take care of yourself, how to clean yourself, how to uh, maybe even align your chakras, as they say. Um, but I'm very much on the fence of it being otherworldly just because of the plants in the book, because they are otherworldly. If you look through the book itself, they are very like half of them look like they could freaking eat you if you got too <laughs> close to them. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in and listening to our rambling. Uh, if you guys enjoyed it, please like and subscribe where you like and subscribe things. Uh, we have all kinds of stuff. We do have a Patreon, so if you could look us up on there and find us and help us out, that'd be great. But with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, these are just our thoughts. Let us know what you think. <laughs>